just words on a screen or great music. That is absolutely truth and power. We thank you that you belong to us and we belong to you, that you call us your children, that we have a God who loves us so much that he gave us his life. And we get to celebrate that today in the lives of people, in our singing, in our music, in our celebration. And so we're just delighted to be in your presence. We're honored to give you praise and glory. We look forward to what you'll say through your word and through the testimonies of people. This is a great day, a milestone in the lives of a number of people. May they never forget this day, this moment. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you. You may be seated. Great job, Dave. I said to Dave after the first service this morning, everything I know we do on Sunday morning, I've already seen on paper, but when you see it become reality, you're just so excited because every single thing we just sang, read, heard, read to us fits perfectly in what we want to share here this morning. It's incredible. Don't forget the words of the song. When you hear the testimonies of those who are about to be baptized this morning, remember again the words of the song that you just sang or you just heard. We're honored that you're here this morning. I haven't seen you since last year, so I hope you had a great New Year's and a great Christmas. Who would have ever expected that we would have had 1,400 people in the first service on Christmas Eve? Nobody. (laughs) If you were one of those who could not find a place, I said to you, come early to find a seat. You did at 2.30, and it was full. Many of you went to another room, another place, one of our other places, and I'm so sorry you couldn't get in here. We just did not expect that at all. And then there were a number of you who went out somewhere, went to the mall, finished your last-minute Christmas shopping, then came back after you saw you couldn't get into the first or the second. So I really, really thank you for doing that. By the time we had 1,400 in the first and 780 in the second, I thought there will be four in the third. And the third service was larger than the second. So we're just honored that you were here Thank you for doing that. Thank you for being part of our fellowship. Worship team and everything they put into it, the tech guys. You don't see them. Really, if you see them, we are in trouble. If you don't see them, that's good. But those guys and those ladies are here a lot. So I just so much appreciate what they did and the opportunity to celebrate that night. We also had a number of you give gifts to veterans. And uh, you brought those in. We put them on a table back there and we started to collect them. And then three of us took them over in three different vehicles and gave them to them that day over to VA. And they just wanted me to say on behalf of all of them, thank you for doing that. We really appreciated that and so did they. We handed out coins to a number of veterans, those in law enforcement. And on that coin it said, we're praying for you. We is we. So don't forget to do that. It's one thing for that day, and we honor veterans and all that goes with that, and give them a gift and and celebrate what they've done. But don't forget to pray for them and those in law enforcement. We promised we would. So if you know someone like that or know someone in those fields, make sure you continue to pray for them on a regular basis. And then on Christmas Eve, we were able to give over $9,000 to three different community ministries. So we appreciate that very much as well. It is hard to believe that we're in 2019. Next year, we'll have perfect vision, 2020. 2019. Now, I don't know if y'all do what I do. I've got a number of quirks, and I know you're surprised by that because you only thought I had seven. But I've got a few of them, and one of them is I collect calendars. Every time I go to someplace, my wife says, seriously, we don't have that many walls to put them on. But all in that weekend, I go take them down and begin to put up the 2019 ones. And while I'm doing that, I begin to think, Man, this was a great year. 
was fun. We did some things and we had some celebrations. And, and then I began to stop for just a moment, especially on New Year's weekend, because it's kind of a quiet weekend anyhow. And you begin to wonder, what's this year going to be like? I mean, what God's going to do in 2019, I don't know, you don't know, but I do wonder. What is going to happen? What's going to take place? For a lot of you, you know that 2019 is going to bring some celebrations. Maybe it's that first child. Maybe it's that first grandchild. By the way, I've said to you before, they're very expensive, but enjoy every, every single moment with them. For some of you, you've been planning a wedding, and all of a sudden now, 2019, here it is. Which, by the way, make sure you let the pastor know so that you don't already book the venue and hope he shows up. For others of you, you may have been saving and thinking and planning for this incredible experience or family vacation or that trip you've always dreamed about. For a lot of people, the New Year's is a new opportunity to celebrate. Celebrate new plans, new dreams, new opportunities, and maybe even recognize and be really honest about the fact that it's going to bring in some new challenges. Now today we're going to celebrate new life and the life of a number of people. They've made a decision to follow Jesus. Everything we sang about this morning, they're going to attest to in just a few moments. And then we're going to celebrate that. I mean, we're really going to celebrate their new life on the new year. A couple of years ago when we did this, I thought, what a perfect Sunday to celebrate new life. New year and all that God's going to do and all that it's going to bring. Now, obviously, you see the tank here, and we're going to celebrate what God has done in their life, the new life they have in Jesus, and they are depending on us to pray for them that they will not just simply be unnervous today in sharing their story, but stay committed and connected to Jesus for the rest of their life. I know it's not something you think about on a regular basis, but if you knew you were going to die this year in 2019, I got to believe that you would want to know you're going to go to heaven. If I were to ask you, do you know for sure you're going to go to heaven when you die? Absolutely every one of you would say, I think. If I were to ask you, do you want to go? You would say, absolutely. But if I would ask you, do you're sure that you're going to get there? You'd say, I sure hope so. Now, many of you would say, absolutely. Others of you would say, well, I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, I've attended church regularly, lived a good life, haven't hurt anybody. I made all the Ten Commandments, well, nine of them. I mean, that's pretty good, right? <laughs> I, I read the Bible. I mean, not all the way through. I, I've, I haven't had enough years to read the whole Bible all the way through, but I've, I've read the Bible on a regular basis. Those are all really good answers. The problem is they're not the right one. When Jesus finished up his ministry on earth, he said to his disciples, I'm going to leave, I'll come back and get you. And while I'm gone, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, they wanted to know, number one, where he's going. Number two, how to get there. They loved Jesus. They spent three years of their life with him. Many of them gave up everything. They gave up their careers. They gave up everything to follow Jesus. They were in love with him. And now, all of a sudden, even though he had told them before, He's leaving. They want to say, I want to go with you. How, how, where are you going? How are we going to get there? And Jesus gave the ultimate answer, the greatest answer, in that section of Scripture in John chapter 14, through me, he said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one that we read about this morning comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. As a matter of fact, Jesus is the only way. 
Everything we celebrate on Christmas with Christ coming to the earth and it's culminated in Easter regarding the death on the cross and resurrection from the grave are all tied up in what we celebrate here this morning. Scripture clearly teaches us that you and I have no hope on our own of ever making it to heaven. Our sin is too ugly and God is too holy and the gap between the two is enormous. And many try to bridge that gap with a number of good things. Church attendance, good living, hoping it's enough, but never really knowing for sure if those things are exactly what God requires. Now, there are others who know they're never going to make it, or at least feel like they're never going to make it, so they just give up. And there are some who give in to everything they think is going to fill that hole in their soul with work and activity and relationships, sometimes alcohol or drugs and they still come up empty all the stories you saw this morning in alpha it's exactly what they were saying i thought i could do this i thought i could do that i thought i could experience this had a lot of confidence in me or had a lot of confidence in my ability but something deep inside said there's something missing every single one of us have a god-sized hole in our soul that can only be filled by the relationship with jesus christ but we try we try to fill it with all kinds of things, and at the end of it all, still say there's something missing. Doesn't matter how much you have, how good you are, what you've accomplished. You know as well as I do, before you came to Christ, you knew there was something missing. And for those of you who know Jesus as your Savior, you know when you found it, you said, that's what I've been looking for. That's what I wanted. It wasn't all those things. wasn't all that stuff. It was Him. Now, the sad part about those who try to do everything they can to fill it up, who hopefully somehow with all the good things they've done, or those who've given up on everything, none of them work. Trying as hard as you can to please God and be accepted by Him or believing that this life is all you get so it doesn't matter, neither one of them work. What we celebrate over Christmas and Easter is the answer. It's what separates us from every other religion in the world. Other religions try to do everything they can to please God or somehow get God's attention and never really knowing if they do. But we've got a God here in Christianity that not only went down and reached to us, he offers us everything. we got a God who came looking for us. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. They failed, only two there, failed in what God expected. One thing, out of all the things they could have done, one thing I don't want you to do. That's the one thing they did. You do that with your kids, right? You can do all of this. You just don't do that. What do you think they want to do? That. You see a sign that says wet paint. What do you want to do? Just be sure. So you test it. That we're all like that. Everything under the sun they could have had, that one thing they couldn't, that's the one they did. And instead of God saying, I knew you'd do it. I'm going to start all over again. Forget you. I'm starting all over again. God came looking for them. And that story that began in the Garden of Eden is a story that we celebrate all through time. That the God of the universe came looking for us. That God was so desperate to have us in a relationship with him that he sent his one and only son that we could have life and have it forever. It's incredible. And not just come looking for us, he died for us. And then not just invited us into his family, called us his children and said, I've got a gift for you that will blow your mind. All of you have sinned, come short of the glory of God, wages of that sin is death, but I've got a gift, eternal life. 
And he didn't just die a martyr's death for a great cause. He died for our sins and paid the ultimate price and rose from the dead and offers us everlasting life and an amazing future in heaven. God says, doesn't matter how smart you are, doesn't matter how amazing you are, doesn't matter what you've seen on this planet, no mind can conceive, no eye has ever seen what I have prepared for those of you who love me. Doesn't matter how brilliant you are, what your mind can come up with, I have something that will absolutely take your breath away. Begins with us making a personal decision to recognize Jesus is our Savior. We know we need Him. We confess our sins. We invite Him into our life. We let Him take control of our life, and from there, everything begins to change, which is why we take this message to other countries, to our neighbors, to our family, and to our friends, because we honestly believe that the message that we share, the message that I just shared, the message that we celebrate over Christmas and Easter is the hope of this world. And it's too good to keep. It's too good to keep. What we celebrate this morning is an opportunity to understand that everyone who's about to stand in a moment and then go through this tank came to a point in their life where they recognized all of that. That Jesus really was the answer to life. That Jesus really is the Savior of the world. That Jesus really is the only way. They confessed their sins, invited him into their life, and they're watching God and begin to make some amazing changes. Well, some of you would say, well, religion is a private matter. No, it's not. No, it's not. It may be a private decision, but it's not a private matter. It's something you want everybody to know. This is what God has done in my life, and I want everybody to know that. It's all over Scripture. It's why Jesus was baptized. It's why Paul says, repent and be baptized. It's why Scripture says, repent and be baptized. You're making a public declaration of your allegiance to Jesus. I am a follower of Christ. Last Sunday morning, and Joe and I talked about this about a month ago, he said, I want to do a, a message at that break weekend on the 30th on Daniel. And I said, it's perfect. I'm going to follow that up next Sunday morning because he's an incredible example of exactly what I just said. Baptism says to everyone, I am a follower of Christ. And Daniel and his three friends find themselves in an environment that is really not too God-friendly. And yet they're willing to risk everything to say, I'm a follower of God. I know it may cost me everything. I may know you may not get it, but I want you to know I'm a follower of God. And what I love about these guys that we're going to spend a couple of times with is that they were living it out in a not-so-God-friendly world. Those of you who are going to get baptized this morning, if I were to ask you to confess your faith and make sure you know how strong you are, you're going to do that. And you're going to look at the people around you and say, well, that's, that's awesome to do it here because they believe in you. They believe in what you've done. They believe in what you're going to do. They're going to support you, pray for you, and encourage you. It's easy to say I'm a follower of Christ in here. Not as easy to say that out there. And so when you go through the tank today, I'm hoping somebody looks at you and picks you up and says, hey, I'm going to pray for you because the world that you're in is not going to invite Jesus into that conversation like we do here. Matter of fact, they may say to you, don't you talk about God here. Don't you talk to me about God in this family. Don't you bring your Bible to work. Don't you bring your Bible to school. Don't talk to me about God. You go to church on Sunday, that's okay. Don't talk to me about God. And some of you face that on a regular basis. And some of you that get baptized and some of you who have been baptized are going to face that. I'm saying 
like Daniel, like his three friends, you have an opportunity on this day to say, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm going to continue to follow Jesus. I know there's some challenges that are going to come my way. I want my life to be an example to other people. I want to be a positive influence on my family, on my friends, in my school, and in my neighborhood. I am not ashamed to be a follower of Christ, and I'm actually excited about that relationship with Jesus. That is exactly what those who are about to get baptized are going to say this morning. And by their baptism, they're saying that fact. Now, we're a part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, and in our context, in our denomination, we baptize by immersion, which means fully under the tank, hence the tank. Some of you have been sprinkled, some of you have been dipped, some of you have had water poured on. I'm not saying anything about those. In our context here, we fully immerse you all the way under the water. It signifies a change that just took place in your life. I'm not what I used to be. I'm letting that all go. I'm going to continue to follow God doesn't matter what the that is. Some of you may share your story this morning that way. Some of you may not. That's fine. But whatever the that is, you're saying, when I'm under that water, I'm not that person anymore. I'm letting my past behind. I'm moving forward in my relationship with God. Now, I'm not saying all that while you're under the water. That's what I'm telling you now. (laughs) And then when you come up out of the water, you're saying exactly what Paul said in Corinthians. I'm a new creature in Christ. Not what I used to be. I'm a brand new follower of Jesus. Some of you may be brand new this week. Some of you may have followed Christ a year ago, two years ago. You accepted Jesus. And now you're wanting to say in this context here today, on this day, January the 6th, I'm declaring my allegiance to Jesus. I'm going to follow him the rest of my life. And I want you to know that. And I want the world to know that. So. Before Almighty God, before your family and friends, those of you who are going to get baptized this morning that are easy to identify, would you stand because you have the same T-shirt on? I want to ask you two questions that I want you to answer. I do. Do you know for absolutely certain that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And is it your desire today on this day to follow him in baptism which makes a public declaration of your relationship to Jesus that I am going to follow him the rest of my life? Answer again, I do. You may be seated. Amen. At this time, we're going to continue worshiping by receiving our tithes and our offerings. Before the ushers come, would you bow your heads in prayer with me? God, we just come to you right now.